Good afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe, the new 961 and AM 590. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Good afternoon. Happy, Happy spring, Monday. J- spring day. Happy Mother's yeah. Day. Day yeah. late. You got out and did some Amgen stuff. We did. It was so much fun. It was so exciting to see the women bikers. It was the um, Tour de California for the women's. Fast. We stood at the top of Saddle and um, Ski Run and watched them climb the hill. I mean, they were amazing. They were so strong. It was so much fun. Yeah, see, that would have been good. I, I was able to see um, Friday mornings. I was out on Tahoe Keys in the highway. In, in some ways, that was a bit anticlimactic because it's just like this big pack that's Yeah, by. zoom. It's like, well, that was fun. Yeah. The support vehicles and the guys that go on motorcycles carrying wheels on their arms. I thought that was impressive. Right. So I was thinking, ah, oh, Saturday would have really, we wound up doing something else, but um, I thought, yeah, if you positioned yourself correctly on one of the hills where you could really see and the, the pack is spread apart. and Yeah, it was really fun. And it was um, and it was a beautiful day and yeah. the kids were out and everybody had cowbells. And one of the gals, um, Aiden, was running next to her videotaping her on his iPad and um, she handed him a water bottle. And I mean, I just thought he was going to explode with happiness. He was so excited that she gave him like a little trinket. You know, it was just really sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Sweet moment. And they were all so nice and totally approachable after the race. We went up to Heavenly and talked to a couple of people and they were just great it was a really fun event i was super proud of our town for putting on such a nice event yeah fun, and I was, fun stuff and amazing athletes i don't know how they do it yep redemption ride somebody the first day when they kicked him off from uh cal base they said well the men the men weren't strong enough to ride in this weather but you guys are all the women kind of laughed and um because a few years back there was a race that got canceled because of snow and rain. Yeah. And so, um, so it was great. Well, it we was... said, we went weather. Let's just bring the riders up here. I say, we'll bring them in like around December 1st. <laughs> keep them till the end of February or so. I heard that. Golden. I heard that a few times. So, uh, so anyhow, today we're talking about trusting your gut. And uh, I recently have been reading this book, Focus, by Dan Goldman. And um, I'm actually teaching a class on it on Friday at the college. But it is so fascinating to me. Like, I've always known about you know, I've always had the intuition that, you know, you should trust your gut and you should listen to your intuition. And um, even when I studied with Martha Beck, there was a whole piece about essential self and social self and how the essential self is this nonverbal part of you that communicates in different ways through intuition, emotional response and physical response. And so I'm reading this book and I came across like the brain science behind why we should trust our gut. And I mean, it just rocked my world. So I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, so basically they talk about the brain in two different ways uh, in this book. They talk about it as top-down circuitry and bottom-up. So top-down is what we would think about as our mind. Our mm-hmm. brain is this idea that you know we're um, our thinking brain right? Our analytical reasoning, thinking brain. Mm -hmm. And then the bottom up mind is, um, is actually more of the emotional response and that kind of, um, automatic brain that's Mm -hmm. going all the time. Mm -hmm. And so they work harmoniously together. They kind of switch off between and where you focus your attention depends on which one you're using. Hmm. So, um, 
So we've become overly dependent, in my opinion, on our cognitive mind, especially in the business world. You know, we're all about examining data and, you know, analyzing everything and reading reports and running reports and thinking about things and talking about things. And it's been, it's become this real head game. And a couple of years ago, um, the P-Link team and I read a book called Head, Heart, and Guts. And it was this great book about how to succeed in leadership, you need to use both your head, cognitive mind, your heart, um, kind of emotional center, relational. Um, part of you and then your guts which Uh is this ability to you know make decisions without all the information and take risks so um so when dan goldman refers to our cognitive mind or this top down mind um he says that it's voluntary it's effortful and it's really the seat of self-control so we're able to learn new models and make plans from this place so you think about your top-down brain when you go to read a book or even listening to this radio station maybe you're driving your car mm-hmm. and you're listening to the show and your bottom up brain is like driving the car because it's such a rote um yeah habit or a routine, but your top down brain is tuned in and listening to what we're saying on the show. So, um, in contrast, the bottom up mind is faster in brain time. So it works in like milliseconds. So our bottom, um, our bottom up brain responds more quickly. It's involuntary. So we're not, you know, turning it on like we do our cognitive mind. We're not paying attention, if you will. Um, it's it's just always on. It's always scanning the environment. It's picking up things. It's picking up messages from the environment. Um, it's intuitive, and it operates through networks of association. Um, associations, it's impulsive, so it's driven by emotion. So when we get hijacked, you've heard me talk about that in shows before, how we get hijacked by certain things. That's a bottom-up um, brain uh, or mind function. Um, it's the executor of habitual routines and it's a guide for our actions. So, um, basically the, all the things that we do that we don't have to think about doing, you think about like driving home and you say like, Oh yeah, I don't even really remember driving home from work today. I was just on autopilot. Like Uh that's the bottom up is autopilot. It's your brain knows what you're doing. It's when you wake up at five in the morning and you lumber out to the coffee machine and you put the water in and the grinds in and hit the start button. Like you're not really having to focus hard on that. You, you know what you have to do. You're just kind of doing it by memory. Yeah. And that's a bottom up brain. It's also a manager for our mental models of the world. So, um, when you think about um, top-down brain, you think about this kind of voluntary attention or willpower. So um, you may walk by a donut shop and smell the donuts and think like your bottom-up mind is thinking, hmm, sugar, food, you know, and then your top-down circuitry kicks into action. You get this willpower that says, no, I don't want to eat that because I know it makes me feel bad when I'm done. So I'm not, I'm going to choose not to eat that or I'm going to choose to save, you know, I'm going to eat a snack that's healthier, that's going to make me feel better, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, not going to have that sugar low after. So the top down also is in charge of this intentional choices, right? So when we make the intentional choice, like, you know what, somebody said something hurtful to me, but I'm not going to respond, Mm -hmm. right? I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm not going there because I'm choosing not to engage. That's a top down function. Okay. So um, on the opposite end of that, bottom up, we want to think about reflexive attention. Um, and this is, you know, kind of impulse and rote habits are very much bottom up. So, you know, if you have an impulse to grab something or if you have an impulse to say something or react in a certain way, which we do, mm-hmm. those are bottom up. All right. So those are driven by our bottom up. Now, what's interesting is that when you're operating in the bottom up 
uh, mind, then you are saving energy, right? Because it's just, it, it, you can operate from the bottom up. It's very efficient energy-wise. When you're paying attention, are you focusing direct attention on something? Or are you choosing willpower? It takes energy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you have to be like, okay, I am not going to say anything. And every part of your body is like, you should say something because that was rude. And you're like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to just bite my tongue. Like it takes a lot of mental energy. So um, so the top down spends energy and the bottom up saves energy. So when you think about something becoming a routine, uh, in Greg McEwen's book, Essentialism, which we talk about sometimes on the show, he talks about the benefit of routine and how when you do something for long enough and you create a routine, how it actually becomes easier because a different part of your mind takes over. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, it's called the basal ganglia, if you want the nerdy brain science word for it. But um, but it's a part of our brain that takes over routine and like allows us to operate kind of on this autopilot. Mm-hmm. So that's why routines are good. So when, um, when we're thinking about all these different things, the point I want you to get from this top, top down, bottom up, is that our body's constantly sending us cues and messages. And the, um, the bottom up brain is often the one sending those cues and messages and it's will receive them before the top down brain can actually figure out what they are right so it's like when you get um when you start to get a a gut feeling about something or you start to get a like you have a visceral response to somebody because they've violated a value right you have a value conflict Mm -hmm. then what happens is you feel it first like you're angry or you feel this like visceral response when someone violates one of your values but that happens that feeling arrives before your top-down brain can make sense of what that feeling actually means which is why it can be hard you know we teach values a lot at p-link and that's why it can be hard to articulate when you've had a value um, violated when somebody's like violated a guiding principle it's like i'm just mad why are you so mad i don't know but like, I just feel this feels bad, right? Like I know that it's wrong. So, um, so our history, this is, I found this to be really interesting too. Our history and experiences actually create our internal rudder. So if you think about a rudder as, you know, it's that thing on the boat that helps you, you know, go a certain Mm -hmm. way in the water. Um, but our decision roles, so like as we've made decisions over our life from when we're very tiny people all the way through life, um, these decision rules, like we chose the, the orange over the donut or we chose to not get in a car with a drunk driver or we chose to um, just sit there and not say anything versus getting into a big old fight. Mm-hmm. Um, these are decision roles. And so the decision roles actually rest in a subcortical neural network. And they're gathered and stored, and then these networks apply algorithms from every event in our lives to give us this internal rudder. So here, like every experience you've ever had, all of your history, all of your choices are stored in your brain in these subcortical neural networks, and which for you, you just need to know they're up there in your head. And they, um, and then the brain applies an algorithm when you go to make decisions and when you go to make choices in life is it takes everything you've ever learned and it says, okay, based on all of this, like this is how we should choose in this situation. Isn't that fascinating? That's pretty crazy. It's. T- I mean, I was like, that is amazing. You know, they talk about trying to make a computer as fast as the brain. Good luck, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, 
So the regions of the neural networks are connected poorly to the verbal areas of our brain, but they're connected richly to the gut. So that blew my mind. I was like, wow, so that makes sense. That's why we get the feeling first before we get we can articulate what it is. Yeah. So these so this whole internal rudder, it's connected poorly to our verbal centers, but it's connected very richly to our gut. And so that's why when you get these gut feelings and you're like, I don't know why, I just feel like this is a bad idea. Or I don't know why, but I think we should do it. I know it doesn't make sense on paper, but I just have a feeling we should do it. Mm-hmm. Right? We should trust that. You know, obviously you don't want to go blind faith on your bottom-up brain for your entire life because there'll be the ways that it leads you astray. But if you have been somebody who doesn't listen to your intuition, doesn't listen to your own emotions, doesn't pay attention, then you're going to be missing out on these cues that are arriving much earlier than the verbal and the kind of cognitive associations and, um, you know, then you're able in, I guess in short, then you're, it's going to ha- you're going to get the messages more quickly yeah. than you're going to be able to make sense of it in your brain. Wild. Right? I mean, I was like, mind blown. This is just like, it's fascinating. So, um, cause I always kind of knew that in my gut, <laughs> no pun intended, but, um, but I never knew why yeah. I never knew why it was important to trust. So I thought that was really interesting. So, um, so that's why, you know, when we're talking about knowing our feelings based on a visceral or gut feeling before we can articulate them, we should trust those. Now, self-awareness practices a top-down focus on our, body, on our body's subtle murmurs. So as we practice becoming more self-aware, as we tune into ourself, we're actually able to tune into those subtle murmurs that are connecting us more closely to our internal rudder or the system that helps us make decisions and so we can leverage the internal rudder as we become more self-aware over time wow so um so one more geeky brain fact for you is that there's this part of our brain called the insula and the insula monitors our internal organs so the insula is connected to you know the heart to the gut to um, all of our organs and the more self-aware we are the more activity we have in our insula So you can actually look at someone's brain, scan someone's brain and see, um, based on their insula activity, how self-aware they are. (laughs) And um, if you are oblivious to your own emotions, so let's say you've had some kind of trauma in your life or you just, you know, you didn't, you don't want to feel something, you decided not to grieve something. And so you kind of shut off your emotions. um, What happens is your insula becomes sluggish. Because if you're tuning out from your own emotions because you don't want to feel something, then you're um, lowering that ability to be self-aware because you're numbing those murmurs that are coming from the body, right? So this is reason. So why does this matter to you? You got to heal it to feel it. You can't just pretend like it never happened and move on and tough it up because what will happen is actually parts of your brain will become sluggish. And those parts of your brain are what allow you to navigate and lead a more fulfilling and more effective life based on all the signals that are being sent from your body. So that's the the short and dirty is you need to feel your emotions to be able to be tuned into what's going on internally. Um, so here's a fun fact. the How well you can sense your own heartbeat has become a standard way to measure self-awareness. 
So think about that. So if you're driving, don't do it. But if you're home, <laughs> if you sit for a minute and take a few deep breaths and just see where you can feel your heartbeat. See, sometimes I feel my pulse in my fingertips. Uh-huh. Sometimes I feel it in my legs. Sometimes I can feel it in my chest. So see if you can feel your heartbeat, not with your hand on your chest, but just sitting still and see if you can tune into it. And the more um, able you're able to tune into your own heartbeat, the more uh, self-aware Oh, studies are know. showing that you I'm are good at that right yeah and so with and if you want to up your insula activity remember the insula is the part of the brain that's attached to your organs and sends message from messages from the organs that um if you focus attention on that kind of if that part of your body so oftentimes when we're doing meditation uh and you're kind of doing a body scan like notice what you're feeling in your feet notice what you're feeling in your knees notice what you're feeling in your tummy right? Notice what you're feeling in your shoulders and your head and your heart. Um, as you direct attention, and this is a top down focus, right? As you turn your attention inward onto a certain organ, onto a certain area of your body, you're increasing your, um, activity in your insula. So that's kind of that tie-in of like, how does meditation work and why do we do that anyway? And that's kind of a crazy thing, but it's all interrelated. Um, so our gut feelings basically are messages from the insula and other bottom-up circuits that make life easier by guiding us to better decisions. And the better we get at reading these signals, the better our intuition will be. And in an environment where we are today, where things are volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, being able to increase our intuition and lean on that more is going to help us to stay ahead of the curve instead of falling behind. Because if you're only focused on what your cognitive brain is telling you, you're going to miss out on the ability to tap into those innermost gut feelings that could help you make a better decision more quickly. So there you have it. Your daily dose of brain science for today. (laughs) But if you want to read more about this, if you're like, this is blowing my mind, I want to read more, um, pick up Dan Goldman's book, Focus. Um, You can find it on Amazon. It's got a bright blue cover. And uh, and take a look. I mean, it's just, it has been a really fascinating read for me. So I highly recommend it. And if you have uh, thoughts or ideas for a show or comments on this show, feel free to post those on our Facebook page, The Positivity Link. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to feel for my heartbeat all day. Right? (laughs) Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Sounds good. You've been listening to The Bright Side with Alexis Robin here on K Tahoe, the new 96.1 and AM 590.